0: This is the Savvy Parent Podcast, where lawyer and financial planning expert, Shannon McNulty and her guests share tips on how to make smart legal and financial decisions for your family. On this episode of the Savvy Parent Podcast, we're joined by Eric Dostel, VP of Wealthspire and financial advisor. He joins our host, Shannon McNulty, New York lawyer, to discuss financial planning for parents during these unprecedented times. In his role as an advisor, he helps families get organized and get their financial plans under control. On the episode, he shares his thoughts on the importance of understanding what goals you're targeting so that your financial plans can help you get there. Though every parent's situations are unique, he gives great insight into how to make decisions when it comes to your finances. No matter what your circumstances are, when we can't predict what's to come, Eric talks to us about the importance of having an emergency fund. Enjoy the episode. All right. We are so excited to have another guest on the episode. Eric, welcome to the podcast. Uh, Thanks for having me. Great to be here. Yeah. And Shannon, as always, welcome back. Thanks, Eric. So, Eric, as an advisor at Wealthspire, how do you help parents when it comes to their finances? This is a big topic. So, tell us, how are you helping?
1: Yeah, it covers a lot of ground. You know, the thing I like to say the most is that we really help families get organized so that they feel that like they're in control of their financial lives, uh, and that can cover you know a wide range of things. I tend to do a lot of work um, with multi generational planning, so just you know helping. Each generation understand their piece in the overall family structure. A lot of that tends to deal with wealth transfer. But we also, you know, education planning, medical disability planning is another big one. Buying your first home or, you know, just understanding and remembering that parents are people too. And retirement's always out there and that'll help your kids as well.
0: Yeah, that's a lot. It's planning for right now and it's planning for the future and perhaps you have other generations to take care of. So it's, yeah, financial planning for parents can be a, a big area of concern. So I love that we're talking about it today. So Shannon, a big part of what you do in your role as a lawyer is helping protect your client's assets. So when do you recommend that they work with a financial planner like Eric and and why was it so important to bring him on the show today?
2: I think it's always great for clients to work with a financial advisor and, really just to get everything in order. So usually when clients are coming to me, when parents are coming to me, they're looking to get all their ducks in a row, make sure that their family is taken care of no matter what happens. And that's a part of it is doing the estate planning, the planning for capacity. But what's also important is making sure that the financial part of it during your life and also if there's enough there to fund your estate plan is really important and so for those pieces of it, I think it's really important to work with a financial advisor. And I also think that just during this time right now, it's um, it's particularly helpful to have an advisor because it's really easy to kind of get off track and get panicked and make maybe not the right decisions or people just don't know what to do. So so I, I thought that having Eric on here to address some of those concerns And how a financial advisor can help you through that, whether or not you, you know, whether you have an advisor already or whether uh, maybe you don't have one and, and how they might be able to help with those types of concerns.
0: Yeah, this is definitely a unique and unprecedented time. So it's a good time to have Eric on. And given that we are going through a time of such uncertainty, Eric, what types of questions and concerns are you hearing from your clients, especially the parents? And how are you supporting them through this?
1: Sure. I mean, and the biggest question that's coming in right now is, you know, should we be making changes? Is there something that we should be doing differently than what we did? The world is upside down. What's going on? And, you know, that's a great question to ask. And they always start with, well, what's changed with you personally? Has there been a job loss? Has there been a, just a decline in income generally? Or the reverse of that is, you know, you're not spending as much right now and you have excess uh, kind of money flowing in. It's really those personal things that are impacting you. And that's where we're going to be looking to make a change. You know, there have always been and there will always continue to be things that happen in the world that throw everybody out of whack. And the idea is that we want the financial plan to be kind of more of this long-term focused thing that we're moving towards. It's not static and we want to change it as circumstances change, but it should really be dictated by you personally and what's going on with you.
0: Okay. So that answers my next question, which was going to be given that there is so much change, high rates of unemployment. People are concerned with job security. Should they be making changes? But what I'm hearing is it might not be the time to make a change unless things have changed for you personally. So that's interesting because I could see parents panicking. Well, we panic about a lot of things, but with everything going on, even if our circumstances haven't changed, it feels like, well, maybe I should make changes now. So if we for parents who don't have a plan, is this a good time to start with all of this uncertainty and potential change going on?
1: Definitely. I, I always say it's a great, it's always a great time to start a plan. Um, you know, the world is never going to be absolutely perfect. If you wait for all your ducks in a row, there's always going to be one that's never in line. And I think as parents, we, we see that a lot, you know, nothing is ever perfect, but you have to start somewhere and make it work. And this is, you know, as good a time as any to kind of sit down and really ask yourself some questions. The biggest thing about making a financial plan is really understanding what you're targeting because the financial plan is a roadmap. It gets you to where you want to go, but you need to have the destination in mind, that ultimate goal of where you want to be. You know, and I like to say to people all the time, you know, I'm, I'm not here to judge. I'm not telling you what you should and shouldn't do. It's your life, you know, and I want to help you get to where it is that you want to go, but you just got to tell me what that is and then we'll get you there. And that's what the financial plan is
0: all about. I love that. And though you're not here to judge, what sorts of things maybe should be on uh, our target list? What maybe should parents be thinking about as part of the target so then the roadmap can be planned to meet that? Sure.
1: I mean, you know, depending on where you are uh, in your stage of uh, little ones, uh, college education planning really is top of mind right from the beginning. Because the earlier you start that, the simpler it's going to be overall. Um, You know, given with what we're seeing right now, just in the world, there's, a good chance that higher education is going to be changing on uh, the next 10 15 18 years depending on, on where you are but there's still probably something that's going to need to be paid for and kind of putting aside some dollars for that now is a really great place to start you know those types of things and really understanding that's a, that's a big one obviously for parents but just understanding you know if the home purchase uh, is something that you're also thinking about you know what kind of down payment do you want how much do you really need in space-wise? Where do you want to be? You know, those are all kind of conversations and questions that I, I have a lot in determining how to move you forward down the line.
0: Absolutely. And I can imagine when families come to you, like you said, depending on the age of their children, um, how far or how close they are to college, how far or how close the parents are to retirement, all of those pieces will influence your suggestions. But I'm curious, when it comes to investing, is this a good time? Should people sit tight and make some safer choices? Can you give any general guidance on that?
1: Sure. yeah I mean so we've you know if you think back to the, the depth of where we were in the. US equity market in, in March and where we are today, it's, it's night and day and in a lot of ways you know we've, we've experienced several years' worth of economic activity in the span of six months so that, that's a lot to take in, but it really does present the very interesting opportunity for investors which is you know we always talk about asset allocation asset allocation drives the vast majority of the volatility of a portfolio how much percentage you have in stocks how much you have in bonds and other things besides that but what you've and if the percentage that you had in stocks during this this market volatility you didn't feel panicked or if anything if you actually rebalanced and brought yourself back to target All that says is that that's a great asset allocation for you because you're not worried about the volatility. If you, on the other hand, were panicking, if you were checking your balance every single day, if you were worried about, you know, am I going to be able to send the kids to college? Am I going to be able to retire? You know, maybe you had a little bit too much in stocks because this is something that's going to keep happening. This isn't the last time that we've seen a negative 30% decline in equity markets by a long shot. But now we've we've kind of recovered and it's a really interesting time because you can kind of say, okay, well, that really wasn't fun. Um, and I don't want to go through that again. So why don't we take down the equity a little bit? It all comes back to this idea though, that has something changed for you personally? Because there's two sides to the coin that really get into risk planning or asset allocation planning. There's riskability, which is just pure math. It's, you know, I want to retire in X years. I want to spend Y dollars. I need Z return on an annualized basis to get there. And that dictates you know, roughly we can kind of predict within bands where we can put a portfolio percentage in stocks, percentage in bonds to kind of get there. The other side of the coin is um, uh, risk willingness, which is all about just how comfortable are you with the ups and downs of the portfolio? You know, can you withstand a negative 30% decline and be okay, I'm I'm going to actually sell my bonds, which have held value and buy equity, you know, and that's more of the conversation of it is emotionally, what are you prepared to handle in your portfolio?
2: Got it. Eric, can you tell us how, as an advisor, you help clients weather these types of uncertainties? Um, Because I feel like that's a big role of the advisors of that. Sometimes people know that they're supposed to do something or not supposed to do something and they go ahead and do it anyway. And it seems like that's becoming more of a piece of financial planning is to really help guide the clients towards what maybe they, it's best for them to be doing. Definitely.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's a huge role that we play because when you work with a financial advisor, you're, you're kind of handing over the keys to the kingdom in a way in that, you know, they're giving this person your dollars to manage. You know, which is why it's always very important to work with somebody who owes you if I do share a level of responsibility. Which we do at Wells Fire. Um, we always have to act in the client's best interests all the time, above our own. But you know what that allows us to do is that during those times of market volatility, we go in and we do the things that are supposed to be done, and we're available. You know, during March and during April, I was on the phone basically every single day. It was a little difficult because my my youngest daughter was born on, on March twenty fourth. But, you know, I was, I was in the thick of it even then. I had to take a couple little time off for that, but I was there. And, and that really helps, you know, having somebody who knows you personally, who knows your situation and can be there to talk you through whenever these market volatility events happen and talk about the plan and talk about the long-term goals and saying, you know, this is really a great opportunity for us to rebalance the portfolio and not panic and think about, you know, what do we want where do we want to be in 10, 15, 20 years, not necessarily the next 2 to 3 months.
0: Yeah, this is definitely some long-term planning that you're helping your clients with and what I'm hearing you say is that we sort of have to expect that there's going to be ups and downs. I don't think any of us expected this particular down in life right now, but but there will be ups and downs. So, a solid financial plan should account for times of uncertainty and unp unpredictability, which I think generally we think of, you know, long-term illness or job loss, not a pandemic. Um, but in general, how should parents be planning for this unpredictability and the fact that maybe they do lose income for a while or or something happens that that feels significant with their, their income?
1: Yeah. No, I mean, so I think one of the big things to think about is always having that emergency fund available, which could get you over, you know, the smaller humps of a job loss or uh, unexpected financial strain, you know, That's more of a temporary thing, but it can be extremely helpful to have. You know, thinking more episodic or thinking about things that could really kind of derail a family plan, there are always different levers that can be pulled. You know, maybe you really had your heart set on retiring at age 65, but maybe if you could bring that out to 68, everything gets a lot better. And it's kind of working through those choices and talking about things and giving people the options for them to really choose what's important to you. You know, and what is it that you're willing to give up and versus what you're not. And just being able to have that conversation can show people that there there are different ways to get through things regardless of what it is that happens.
2: Yeah, I think the emergency plan or the emergency fund is really important and a lot of times people can It's really hard for us as humans to really comprehend and act upon information that we have no certainty about. So in terms of unpredictable events, and, and that's something you know, I talk to my clients about all the time. Is well, we don't know what's going to happen. Is you know, if some a family member from the other side of the country, are they going to be able to fly here, or from out of the country, are they going to be able to fly here? And those are things that I've always talked to my clients about who have those issues. And sometimes I thought, well, is this you know, is this something that's unwarranted or something? But but then this is something that's happening that now. I can see okay I'm really glad that I talked to my clients about these issues and I think they're really glad that they've talked through them with me as well and it seems like the fine, the sort of the emergency plan is something that you could do on the sort of the front end of things to make sure that you're prepared for the for if there is a downturn if you do lose a job or something like that something that you can take proactive measures so that when we do have these unexpected events, you're not so thrown off. right? And, and I think that's a big part of having that financial plan and having an advisor to say, okay, yeah, you know, we're going through a rough time. Maybe you lost your job for a while, but that's why we have this emergency fund. And that's why we have this certain allocation that we do so that we can weather this. And so I think that that's just so important to do that planning beforehand. Can you tell us in terms of an emergency fund about how much do you advise for your clients to have set aside for, for that kind of like rainy day scenario?
1: Sure. you know, um, so the, I I use kind of this uh, analogy, I talk about a winter coat. Uh, And so you want to have a winter coat that you can, you feel comfortable in and keeps you warm. You wrap yourself around it, it Cut, you know, the, the cold wind of the winter doesn't get to you but you don't want it to be so thick and bulky and big that you have trouble walking down the street. So that's, you know, that's a good image to think about. In terms of the hard numbers, you know, the guideline typically is three to six months of living expenses. And, and living expenses, you have to think about, you know, what are my true bare bones? I am in an emergency situation. I need to keep the lights on and food's in the fridge. What are my month-to-month living expenses? And then it's three to six months from there, I would say in a two-wage earner household, you could probably get away with being a little bit closer to the three months. In a one-wage earner household, I'm much more comfortable around the six months.
0: And just thank you, Eric. And just so we're clear, we're talking in a savings account, cash, like easy accessible, right? We're not talking using your 401k as an emergency fund or having it in stocks, right? You want it in the bank immediately accessible. Is that right?
1: Yes, definitely. I mean, you can probably, you can put it into um, an online bank to get a slightly higher interest rate or, you know, it doesn't have to be in your brick and mortar bank that holds your checking account, but it should be a bank FDIC insured, just always accessible, not a CD because you'll face a penalty to get the dollars out of that, um, but something that is just very readily accessible to you.
0: Right. And I think that's a really um, actionable thing that people can start working on if they don't have it. They can start setting aside money for that emergency fund, regardless of where their income is at, or if they feel like I'm going to take those, sta- those steps to meet with a financial planner, this is something we can all be doing, which is fantastic. Now, you mentioned this briefly that, you know, moving, buying houses, this is something that people are considering right now. Is this a good time to buy? Should I sell? What do you recommend parents consider at this point in time? Selling, moving, is what's the best course of action?
1: So, I mean, it kind of harkens back to what we started the conversation with, which is what's going on for you personally? You know, is this, is this something that you have been thinking about doing for a long time? Have you always kind of planned? Or are you just reacting to what's going on around you? You know, if it's more something that you've really been thinking about and planning for, you know, moving forward with your life is a good thing. Now, I will say, you know, real estate markets, especially outside of places like New York City and other metro areas are, you know, it's a little crazy right now. Uh, I've heard numerous stories from clients about, you know, properties going 150, dollars $200,000, $250,000 over asking. You know, in the long run, is now the best time in the world to buy property? You know, I don't know. And I'm the first person to put my hand up and say, I don't know when I don't know about these things. but you know, if it were me personally and I had the ability to wait, I don't think I would jump in with both feet into the real estate market right now. But that being said, it it could be the best thing that you could do for you personally.
0: Right. And I think that's, you know, it's sort of vague, but it also makes sense that you have to look at your own personal circumstances, see where you're at financially, look at your, the own market where you are, and then make those decisions. And if you're working with a financial advisor, you you can assist with that. Right. Kind of looking exactly. at the bigger picture and, and what makes sense. So that's fantastic. So Shannon, any final questions that you have for Eric that we didn't touch on today?
2: Um, I, you know, I just want to, as we're wrapping up, you had mentioned something about, uh, a fiduciary obligation and in terms of the, the firm that you work for, uh, can you tell us a little bit about that and, and what that means when you're working with clients? Sure.
1: Uh, so, Wellspire Advisors is a registered investment advisory firm, or an RIA. Uh, and what that means is that we're registered with the SEC and we owe all of our clients a fiduciary level of responsibility. Um, so, we have to put their best interests ahead of our own. It's the, the highest level of responsibility that you can get in a professional engagement. That's not the same level of responsibility that's, our, that's normally followed by somebody like a, a broker dealer or somebody else who only follows what's called a a best interest standard. And what that kind of boils down to is, you know, I want to sell you this product. Um, Do you understand what the product is? Great, I fulfilled my obligation. You know, sometimes I've heard it explained as it's the difference between working with a nutritionist, uh, maybe the same as an RIA fiduciary, and, you know, going to uh, your local butcher and asking, you know, what should I eat? The butcher probably is going to suggest maybe you have some steak or something like that. The nutritionist might take a little bit more of a holistic view to your overall financial plan and, or sorry, your overall diet and come up with some suggestions for you.
0: That's good to note because I think in any industry, there are more qualified and less qualified individuals. And when it comes to your own finances and your long-term planning, you really want to make sure that the appropriate person or company is representing you and your interests. So I think that's helpful for our listeners to really understand of what should I be looking for in terms of the the person or the team that I work with. So Eric, as we wrap up, any final thoughts for our listeners, any last tips for parents you want to make sure we take away today?
1: Yeah. I mean, my, my tips to parents is just give yourselves a break. Um, you know, I, I, I try I can't do it for myself, but I, I'll tell other people it's a hard time right now. You know, nothing's ever going to be perfect, but just do your best, get started with things and and try to roll with the punches. That's all we can really do right now.
0: I think that's good advice for a lot of situations, not just our financial plans. So I love that. Well, Eric, thank you so much for joining us today. And Shannon is always great to have you on the show. It's
1: been fantastic. Thanks, Sarah. Thank you. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you again to Eric Dostal from Wealthspire for sharing his knowledge about financial planning in these uncertain times. If you'd like more information on financial and legal planning and to join our
2: free community, visit us at thesavvyparent.us.